G'day punters, welcome to the Deep Dive, powered by Hunting Form, Stockholm.eu, sectional data and Betfair, Betfair Live's betting data. We're going to talk about what they did late betting-wise and what they've done to the clock by Hunting Form. We've got uh, the horse whisperer, Rob Scurry. How are you, Rob? Yeah, very well. We'll get to uh, Rose Hill in depth soon. Shane Shirley, O'Curly, MJ, how are you, big boy? Freezing cold in Queensland today. Looks, looks like it everywhere, but going okay apart from the cold. Looks like Pistol is the coldest of the lot there in the penthouse in the middle of the CBD. Not a lot of sun. <laughs> just just the the big windows is letting through the big freeze. He's got the big freeze beanie on. How are you, Pete? Uh, 7.4 out of 10. I'll take that every day of the week. Uh, boys, we're going to talk about Hugh. We're going to start with race one at Rose Hill. Uh, Rob, you were there on track. What do you think? Oh, it's awful watching it go down. Um, you know, it's really, really scary. Obviously, I think everyone felt that, and that's why it's caused such a, an outcry. Um, I don't want to mention that I was on the second horse and Lady Bamford, so I think should have won. But um... you can mention that. Okay. Well, I was invested in the race, and so were the mailbag subscribers. So Hughes cost me again. Curly, did you watch it? Have you seen it? I know it's not easy to see. Uh, yeah, saw it. I was sort of. Tweeted immediately. Um, I think I tweeted something like innocuous, like "fucking hell, Huey" or something like that. Whatever I said, instantly, regre- instantly regretted it. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's hard to go. Like you, you, you sort of react when you initially see it, um, and then you want to go back and, and analyze it and have a good look at it and try and make some informed decisions about the circumstances. But um, King Jong Un or PVL, sorry. Um, has- <laughs> Has censored the vision, so uh, there's no stewards' vision. Read the stewards' report, which um, I think is interesting comments from acting chief steward on the day, um, Wade Birch, basically making excuses for Hugh and his comments uh, and his thoughts on the on the incident. So, um, yeah, interesting interesting way it's been handled, but. Um, I don't, know. I don't know what to make of it. I, I can't go back and see the stewards' vision, so I don't know what to what to think. Um, Hugh was trying to win, that's for sure. Just I like, think that, uh, that, that, that's a that's a tricky. Like, there's so many times, in my opinion, that he's not overly stressed about getting out and running on and giving his horse every chance. And then this time, he he has given the horse like. He's ridden the horse very, very aggressively to make sure it got out and had a run. Um, a la Greg Hall on Merlin in a golden slipper. I think it was Merlin, all right? Yeah, well, like, obviously, we're, we're nervous about what to say because we're going to get ourselves in trouble if we fight too much. But um, I would say he rode the horse. No, I'm not going to say that because I'll get in trouble. But um, It's a reckless what? shift. That's all it was. It was a reckless yeah, shift. We I, see I, it all the time. A, a careless, careless riding is like when a jockey rides cross, in my opinion, and any any like crosses to the lead, and he might cross just before he's clear, and they have to slow slightly behind him to let him across mm. or her. This is reckless, and the, and the punishment needs to be relevant to, to that it's reckless. That I actually watched Citizen Chaos not on um, Amazon punters, which I'm tipping. It's quite interesting about Russia and Putin. He's not far off Kim Jong of Vladimir. And the fact that they have not shown the stewards' footage and that no one's really just talked about what's happened and you can't see it and talk about actual Hugh, I think it's an indictment on racing. I think that 
Um, it's a bad look. Any, any any sport, country, political system, anything where like the it's that they attempt to control the media, you end up with the, like a situation like Russia Do or North Korea. Didn't it didn't stop the um, the really? mainstream media, if you like, um, you know, Channel Seven and Channel Nine led headlines. Yeah, and how and embarrassing is that? How embarrassing is that that, that like people who who don't make a living from racing are happy to talk about racing in an like, open, honest way. The people who are inside the bubble just do as they're told relentlessly all the time. Oh, there's no independent media in racing. We know that. Um, we, we're basically on this issue. So what's the overzunders on, on how many weeks? I've got it. I think it should, should um, be extended due to the carnage caused, but I think eight weeks is the line you'll get for this. It should be 16. Uh, I, if you look at... My, my opinion comes from, like, Caulfield. Michael Rod copped 14 meetings for his ride on Mystery Shot because he crossed Savvy Lad before Savvy Lad was, like... Before he was clear of Savvy Lad. Mm, not one and a half lengths clear. 14 meetings. So surely Hugh's looking at, like, 30. No, forty. That sounds like an incidental type of shift, you know. What Rod's done, this is reckless, and then there's, there's malicious, like the guy in uh, South Australia did to his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Pete, what's your opinion? Uh, I'm kind of with curls. It's like really difficult to make a judgment call, and you know, in terms of punishment without seeing the head-on. Um, or, you know, like an aerial shot. If it was uh, spring carnival time, there would have been a, a helicopter or a drone sort of monitoring it. And geez, I mean, would that footage have been uh, difficult to watch? Um, it's it, it's a horrific look for racing. And as Curly said, you know, the fact that mainstream media has led with the story and it just continues the trend of only negative stories seem to make the mainstream press and, and racing doesn't seem well equipped to handle it when it does. Yeah, I think that's because there's just like a institutionalised weakness in reporting independently on on the sport. There's no one who's been trained and taught how to report on the sport. Like honestly, well, at least not anymore. Anyway, I'm sure there would have been, you know. 20, oh, there, I'm sure there's ago, probably but... and a couple of older guys who who are out of work because they do yeah. report on it honestly. Um, well, you got to have a look. Well, at, right, you have to look at what drives it, and you know, obviously, clickbait articles. Um, you know, a drive drive the revenue, and the book, the major bookmaker sponsors are driving revenue for your digital platforms. And then you've got Racing New South Wales, who um, I'll use the word sponsor in inverted commas, um, the major racing publications, print publications in Sydney. So they will basically write what they're told to write. And because you go tickets, come on, guys, let's just they're only five dollars. They're only five dollars, apparently. I know. Get your mates together. Get a syndicate. It's a, yeah. So, what, Curly, what's your opinion on over-unders? Um, he, he won't miss any more than six weeks and will enjoy August off and back in time for the better Golden horses Rose. coming back through September. Golden Rose? Back Golden Rose day. That. Is that <laughs> mid-September? Yeah. We'll only miss four weeks, in my opinion. Might get eight and four on review or six and four on review, but won't ride August. We'll be back for the spring. Conveniently. Oh, he's, you know, Hugh is, uh, you know, 
But we're not judging Hugh's character here. Not so. at all. Not at all. No, that's exactly right. It's not, it's not like a, a like a. We're not going after him. We're going after the incident. We're talking about the incident. You know, but sure. I, I think he should get a heavy, heavy, heavy suspension, and then he comes back and play on. It's a sport. Yeah, exactly. Now to the racing. Eduardo in race seven. Rob, no. Victoria. Uh, isn't that uh, isn't that the horse that won in Sydney? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where well, you say race seven? It's like race three or four. Eduardo. Yeah, race four. Race four. Sorry. Yeah, Eduardo gotcha. in race four has recorded the biggest figure on the card, eleven point nine above the all average punting form. Got conned at benchmark, Rob. I tried to Big call you form. about it. Melbourne form. I know. I, I was in a bit of a coma. I apologise. That's would right. you, if I had given you the push, would you have launched? Oh, yeah. But I, I was, I, 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 you know, it was three. I was expecting a bigger price being first up, but you know, it was it was how it looked. It was ready to go. It was forward, uh, walking around really well. Blinkers on, um, up against a horse, uh, Rohirin, who's, uh, you know, looked underdone. He always looks underdone. He never seems to get fit, and when he does, he he runs poorly. But um, you know, um. Good bet. Um, probably could have had more on. Good figure. It's probably the, yeah. It is the best race of the day. He wrote a good horse. He, he's run an eleven point nine here. He he ran like a twelve point three above the all average third ever start. Uh, he's a horse with proper ability. Uh, you'd assume it's a um, a trainer upgrade. No knock, Sarah Snosk. But, you know, Joe Pride's got a pretty strong resume, and I'd say Nashville Willow goes a little bit better than Bryant Park. Yeah, um, man. <laughs> uh, it's sort of I, set I up for any... a bet. If, if you looked, if you, if you, I don't do it, but if you're someone who did Victorian and Sydney form in detail, you'd probably find this horse pretty easily. Um, do you think it's got more to come, this preparation? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, look, I don't, I don't know its preparation, that you know, how, how it parades, but it's definitely got a good run next start in it. I'd say it the... never never looked too heavy. Yeah, just looked real well, that, mu- real muscly really... and 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 real sort of cut up, but not not light. Yeah, yeah. But he had good condition on him. Um, but yeah, athletic type of sprinter, not a real sort of powerhouse. So like probably twelve hundred meters. Race seven. Now we get to Magatu one. Pete, what they do at the clock here in race seven? Race seven. They've gone very slow. Um, for the class in terms of the overall adjusted figures they've gone pretty much just even but uh, no we'll go off the class figures very slow here Magatu settled back in the run and I guess Rob probably the question is where do you see this horse getting to over a preparation uh, what's your impression on his type uh, he's, he's a uh, athletic um, taller taller than average horse um, strikes me some, somewhere between you know 16 and 1600 2000 meters um but yeah like a quality saturday type but not not outstanding not like a wait for age type um he's come back here like he did first up when i got done uh, i laid him uh thanks rory um said he couldn't win uh very very heavy in condition um and yeah i didn't even find him in my numbers i i, I almost wanted I, I was going pretty well at this stage on the day and I was keen to back Taikamachi one by three. I, I'd never seen him look better. I, I know fifteen hundred is too short for him, but um, you'll see he's lobbed into third in, in a in a photo. Um, but yeah, I, I'm never going to find Mugger two first up. It's a bit like Rohan, Ro- just just seems to parade um, 
really heavy and run run really well first up. And the last race we're going to talk about is race eight with uh, Poetic Dreamer. Is it Charmer? Yeah, this, this, this is Poetic Charmer. Oh, it's a bit sick. Um, so I'm on the, the two that sort of cut each other up down the straight and look look the winner for a good 300 metres of the race. Sort of same thing happened with um, the grey uh, in an earlier race. Um, but I thought prime candidate um, come on. Looks every bit like a Saturday horse. Um, and my old mate, you make me smile, um, seemed to have improved again. And, um, yeah, um, I feel I'm a bit stiff not to get the, the bickies here with these two on-pace horses. It was the strongest betting race, race eight, on the uh, Rose Hill card. 507,982 matched. Rob, Sorry, mate. Here you go. Uh, NSW on the podium this week with uh, the Betfair pre-play, uh, look, pre-jump. No, nothing, nothing pre-play. Um, in play, it did have Corcho in race five, the staying race over 2,400. Corcho was one of the top five most heavily wagered horses in play with a volume of 37,976. 300 of that was mine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Rob, any horses that stand out as horses to follow for you, mate, from Rose Hill meeting for the punter at home? I don't know. Uh, You make me smile and go, well, again, Mugger 2, he... what thing that impresses me about Mugger too, the way he travels in a race, he, he's got a lovely action. Um, so yeah, he's probably the best horse. Um, and maybe I'll, I'll, I'll give another girl Tuesday. Might have another look at her. I, I didn't have her in my numbers this time, but but she's a beast. Out of a champion mare. All right, let's head to Doomburn. We've got um, two races we're going to focus on. If anything else Kelly wants to talk about, we will. Uh, we're going to start with race six, where Tulio has run a 9.2 above the all average to be the biggest figure on the card. Curls, how'd you find Doomben? No, um, terrible. Um, track deteriorated as the day went on and as the rain continued to fall. Um, I thought we'd get, I thought we'd, oh, well, I didn't think. I fucking launched in race seven where I thought we'd back the leader who I thought would control and be hard to beat and the danger would would be sort of just midfield and, and be strongest late. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, Tulio, good horse on the wet track. He's, he had just a touch on that race. I think he had something like 500 and something odd days off before he's resumed this preparation. Uh, 538 days off, resumed um, at the Gold Coast and has had four wins in succession now, all on rain-affected ground. So um, he's done a good job to come back and, and beat up. On what could be only could only be described as just an ordinary winter class um, off season racing in Queensland, but you know he's hit, he's hit form at the right time and in his right grade, so racing well. Not a lot to come out of it. Um, I think we had something small on piracy in that race. Um, I thought it would lead, and and you know with that sort of bit smaller field, everything will be able to take a position nice and quickly, and and it should get its chance. And decided to go out about seven lengths quicker than average to the 600 and just totally gas itself. So that was handy. Um, They've gone very, very quick to the 600 for the for the class. Like, not for the class in race six, but they've still gone real quick and then super, super quick in race seven. Yes. Um, so, yeah, race seven was the race I launched into. Um, 
I was on Say Hey Art, um, and it was sort of pretty well supported. Thought it would um, you'd be able to find the front, and Maozi would be the danger. I'm not sure what you've got there, Pistol, from a, um, a betting point of view, Maozi, but just caught my eye late um, adrift on the fair. Yeah, opened 4.60. This is half an hour before jump time. Opened $4.60. The best part of 66000 matched. It's closed at 5.90 after hitting a high of $6. So, uh, yeah, completely unwanted, fair to say, especially over the last 10 to 15 minutes of betting. Surprisingly enough, it's missed the start. Hashtag they. They always. Now... The close off from the now we've seen this we've seen this in the past. I don't, I'm going to touch on this articulate it the best I can. We've seen it in the past where we have the on course people standing on the roof at Brisbane or you know on trackers on the fair laying things as they miss the start. Now that pre off um, windows being closed a little bit mm. from what from what I can see the last couple of weeks. So that delay from the on course bloke betting um, and having that advantage has been the windows closed a little bit time-wise. Yeah, which should make the, 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 the SP more truthful. Exactly. So what I saw there was, um, you know, we I, I was on, I launched Say Hey Art and I just had a chop out on my OZ thinking that it would be the horse from the back to get the favours. And then it just, you know, the last minute, the last bit, I just see it drift heavily and it's missed the fucking start, which... I've said it a million times talking about racing in Queensland, particularly the Saturday Metropolitan, the worst for horses beginning according to how the fair thinks they will begin. Um, this was a great example. Say Haya went nearly seven lengths quicker than average to the 600. I'm having a whinge here, I know. Um, no, whinge it up, whinge it up. Go for it. So it's gassed out of the gates um, to lead. Jim Byrne. Uh, sort of made it, made the leader work a bit, then sat off, and then sort of wanted to get up and attack the leader again from the 500, basically. So it was a good ride by Jim on the winner. Um, like the winner's got home in 13.4 seconds for its last 200 meter split. Yeah, you know, like it's just sick. And Maozzi's sort of out the back. I'm not saying it's, Maozzi, it's walked. It's walked its last 200 as well. Yeah. Because yeah, Maozzi's Ma- Ma- actually gone the fastest gone, all all preparation, even with the Snowdens, to the 600. Because this race has gone so fast, despite yeah. it being slowly away. Yeah. Um, look, I suppose by the time you get to that part of the day and the rain had been there, and, you know, in hindsight, you have a little bit of bet regret. Um, but, you know, you don't anticipate that a horse is going to go out seven lengths faster than average and, and the other one, you know, misses the start. So just frustrating a little bit there. But... It just goes to show this time, you know, like sometimes when you look at these horses and this quality of horse and the jockey, we've got riders in these races, but not necessarily jockeys. And Jim Byrne, I reckon, is a genuine jockey. He knows the tempo. He gets to the right parts of tracks. He's smart. He makes others work and all that sort of thing. Like, he's a, you know, he's a jock. Where sometimes you've got these others that are just riders, you know, they just jump and run and don't have a clock or, you know, that sort of thing, which is all part of the puzzle of, of trying to, you know, trying to pull the trigger at the right time to bet. So um, not a lot to take out of the day. The weather was terrible, deteriorated, um, as I said, as the day went on. And we got to race seven and they got called off. Um, just on a side note, 
um, I got a trophy on the weekend for being able to bet and put the ass on the race before the races were called off. Had one bet at both desert in race two, ran second. Of I was on it. Off. <laughs> and then that race in Brisbane, I've launched race seven and they've called them off after they've come back to scale. It's so fucking sick getting Win it now. It's just so demoralising. <laughs> Are there any horses that you can stamp that we can follow? I'll tell you what, don't look in the stewards report to find a horse to follow because there's never anything in there of any value. Uh, Maozzi, no mention in the stewards report. <laughs> no, um, no mention at all. Just look, um, checked shortly after passing the 600 when inconvenienced, it says. Yeah, I don't think this. <laughs> anyway, um, look out of that. Uh, <laughs> oh, I could go on for days here. I'm, that's <laughs> <laughs> I just love it as someone else feel like me. That's all. I just really <laughs> makes me um, happier. Thank you. Horse wise, I suppose Kisakano was a horse that had a bit of a spruik on it. You know, it won well on uh, resuming at the sunny coast, and there was talk of taking it to Sydney. Three, three kilo kid goes on it, and it runs. <laughs> Um, it's a bit of a worry. This, this is like just as for me, like betting up here on Saturday. And no, knock on the kid, but you got a young jockey like Alex Pattis, still claims two kilos at the provincials, and and cl- so that tells you how many winners they've ridden, and claiming three in Mitch and getting good rides on horses firm in the market. It's a totally. Like, it's totally skewed for mine, like, whether a young jock's ready to go to town after st- when they're still between two in the, on the position. So that's, a, that's an opportunity there to lay? Well, yeah. I mean, I we just, I discussed the Kisakano race with uh, Scoot in the preview, and I was always reluctant because it's got 63 and a half kilos, but we've got a three kilo kid claiming. Are we assessing her at 60 and a half after the claim, or do we assess her at 63 and a half with the full weight because of the jockey switch from a good senior to a to an apprentice? Um, there's definitely there's definitely something in it. There's definitely yeah. something in it going forward. Um, three kilo apprentices get good rides in Brisbane on Saturdays in the off season, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, has got rolled on a couple of favourites there. Um, during the meeting, so could be something in it. Um, as far as horses coming to the meeting, I suppose the only the only one that I thought could be followed would be yeah, from race seven. His number thirteen was number thirteen in that race. Get your grey on. Um, it was um, you know it come from the back with my I know it was, a, it was a strongly run race, but it had trialed well um, leading up to that event, and that was its first start for Michael Costa um, after getting it off um, Matthew Dunn and. Um, you know, I think Costa will be able to improve him off Matt Dunn, and it'll be one to follow through. It'll it'll win a win a metro race up here. Beautiful, Peter. What were the biggest betting races on Saturday? So we're talking horses matched pre-play. There was four at Caulfield. There was one at Moffatville. The four at Caulfield: uh, Mystery Shot, Mohammedas, Veridine, and Tabby Dance. No surprise, they're all well in the market. Octane was the horse at Morfittville. But if we go to horses matched in play, which is arguably more more exciting and, and sometimes more interesting, 
Two at Caulfield, Morrissey and Mystery Shot. No surprise to see Morrissey there with the change of tactics. Uh, at Doombin, there was two, Stardome and Tulio. And then we mentioned Court Show at Rose Hill. All right, let's, let's quickly add to Caulfield. Um, there's a lot of positivity about the Caulfield track on Twitter, which I just find staggering because it's either like you either don't properly bet or you've got an investment in um, being positive about Caulfield because the first winner settled uh, worse than midfield, rails in run in a disgusting race where Jamie Carr, who didn't get suspended, I thought she was immoral to go on a holiday. She took out no say in it when she rolled in badly, almost caused a stack. It was just an awful, awful race. Um, right, we were in shock, Peter. I remember we were talking about like what the just happened there. Um, how Battle Talk didn't win, which we were on, which was in the one-one, and then somehow was last with three hundred to go and flashed home for second or third. Oh, fuck's sake, just. You wonder why I didn't answer the phone, Rob. Like, I was on No Say In It, who was building into the race really nicely. It was clearly going better than Tavi Dance, who was wobbly as hell. Uh, then J Carr has rolled in on No Say In It, which has squeezed out. Reese McLeod fell asleep on Battle Talk, squeezed it out the back of the surf. No Say In It's been hampered. Battle Talk cast. It's flashed. And it's just repulsive. Skyman, nice horse, good win. Uh, Heavenly Emperor. I thought this would be the dumbest, stupidest ride on the card. This is a horse where Mitch Aiken unlocked it last start by rolling forward and being positive on it. Great ride, Mitch. Really, really good riding, Mitchell. Really, really strong riding. This start, he elected to take a sit on it. Will Price. And he went five lengths slower. Five fucking lengths slower than it, than it went the previous start. Second race, winner, rails in run, basically lead or just behind the leader. Ollie sort of led but stayed off the fence. Third race, winner, led, rails in run. Second horse, rails in run, midfield. Fourth race, uh, winner ran on, two thousand, like staying race, irrelevant. It was that they gutted themselves and went way too fast. Um, fifth race, winner was midfield with cover. Um, fair race, but... Limited horses were in the front and limited horses were on the fence and the ones that were on the fence were, were held up by the slow horses that led. Sixth race, which we'll get to in detail soon, uh, Morrissey crossed and led after sneaking to be last, last start when we were on. Um, it beat uh, Ruben Blur, who was midfield rails in run, who beat Great Duchess, who was behind Morrissey rails in run. Uh, the seventh race, Viridine was midfield rails in run, beat... Streets of Avalon, who was rails and run Coffin, who beat Great Again, who was rails and run lead. Um, Sasko was lead, rails and run, and almost beat uh, Mahatma Deus, who was better than midfield. The run of the race was WUT, who was behind Mahatma Deus when it crossed the post the first time. So for whatever reason, uh, Brad Rewilla, in his experience, chucked out two anchors and a handbrake and slowed the fucking thing down until it almost choked on itself and almost it was unbelievable. He was last on the corner. It was... I thought Will Price had sewn up the worst ride on the card in race one but not leading on Heavenly Emperor. We weren't on it and I wasn't on WUT. W-U-T. But this ride by Bradley Willard was the worst ride I've seen in a month. 
unbelievably stupid. Uh, the last race, the winner sat rails and run lead with the second horse, which was uh, outside leader. The track heavily favoured rails and run, and no horse in an honest race won from worse than midfield, except for the staying race. The track didn't race fairly. Caulfield doesn't race fairly. It raced like a good Caulfield track, though. There was a nice Caulfield track where you, there was a nice steady pattern. It's very rare that Caulfield favours horses that are worse than midfield. The track improved dramatically on what it's been providing, but it wasn't like a fair track. Um, the horse I want to follow out of the meeting can be WUT. Like, fuck me. I'll, I'll, I'll butter up once. I, I didn't back it on Saturday, which when they jumped and where I was at mentally, I thought, oh, you fucking, oh, no. Because it had, it had Mahatma Deus' back, and I thought, this is outstanding yeah. by Brad. This is going to be the ride of the day. It's going to win. And I was really, really angry with myself for not backing it. At the, it should have been shorter than it was. Sending out the units. Yeah, and then and then you just start to just slow and slow and slow and slow. And, slow and, slow and I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, so WUT can be followed. Anything that was worse than midfield and wide and ran on has a lot more merit than it probably looked. Uh, Pete, let's head to Belmont. Sure. Indian Pacific's done the biggest figure on the day in race three, 7.3 above the all-average benchmark. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a 1,000-metre horse, but it's come out and just completely brained that field. It's absolutely killed him. Clear best of the day performance by 2.5 lengths on the punting form gutcom.au data. Uh, it's a matter of when, not if, this horse gets black type. Um, it's a pretty nice animal. Wouldn't surprise me if it actually ends up over here at some stage. I think it's a pretty talented horse. Um, the rest of the card... It was quite funny. It was almost the uh, similar sort of pattern to Caulfield. But uh, if you list, listen to a lot of noise around the Belmont track on Saturday, they were talking generally about the track being on speed. Well, it wasn't on speed. It was just heavily, heavily rails and run. And I mean, you're getting horses, uh, for instance, in race two, I think it was, race three, race four, and... Um, just looking at horses that are settling rails and run are just dominating. We had a couple of 150 to one shots lobbing for a place that settled three back defence. It was just outstanding. But it did seem that it took a long time for people to cotton on to the fact that it was rails, not on speed. Um, and I'm not even sure that people quite got it by race nine. Um, it's amazing how many times you see horses from gate two incapable of settling on the fence when it's a rails and run track. But that's all right. Just makes it easier for us as punters going forward. I think the race to follow is race seven. The HG Bolton Sprint was a listed feature. Um, two horses that you can follow from this event are clearly Cut Knight and Pims Royale. Both of them were not suited. Both were snicked early, got whale and truly back in the field, ran some good splits home. Pims Royale was enormous over the last 200 in the worst part of the track. I think that's the horse that you can follow going to maybe some nice features over the next couple of months. Boys, anything else we want to leave the punters with at home apart from uh, Cam Dean's AFL stuff has exploded. An enormously profitable week. Um, he's nailed a little all up on an over-unders bet, a couple of them. Um, head to the mailbag.com.au and get the, what's it called, Peter? Uh, we're calling it the festival, the AFL festival, or festival of the AFL. Or basically, if you, if you go to um, Cam Dean's product, uh, you can purchase... Three weeks of AFL, so 20 days. I think there's 33 games across 20 days in the AFL. You'll get 
three weeks worth at the price of two, uh, 33 games. It's just outstanding value. And Cam will just be firing off bets left, right and centre. It starts Wednesday and will run through till Monday in August, whenever it is. It's three rounds. Yeah. Look, can, I, can I just say that betting on football, I was on Adelaide on the weekend against Essendon. <laughs> <laughs> What, what about what about that? You were you were blessed though when the um, bombers defender just tried to soccer the thing, which he oh. connected. It probably went out in the pool anyway. Yeah. Try kick the shit out of it, and then the crow's boy picked it up and torped it. You see, he torped it through. Yeah, I did. That was, that was, that the was only old goal school. He kicked. Seedsman uh, and Tex at the end. I will never ever bet on Adelaide when Tex is in the team ever again. Exactly. Oh, I just I find betting on football. That's why I love the races. I guess you're out of your misery in in a minute or two. But a game of football like that, with that many mistakes, when you're fully invested, uh, yeah, not for me. Too often. Curls, any any last thoughts? Anything on Hugh? Anything like that? Oh, not really. There, I suppose we we probably were um, remiss to not mention that there was six lanes inside the leader that he could have went inside of to obtain the run so obviously i know it was only race one but obviously but there mate, was... they, they walked the tracks though like the, 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 when, when people i saw on twitter they're implying like because i've said before you watch a couple of races you build a pattern and you start betting to it that's because we we're punters so we, we, we can't go and walk the track and go yes this is what's going to do if we could I'd, I'd make i'd start betting to a pattern after race before race one that's what the jockeys are doing so he knew the inside was off yeah, he didn't want to go there. Maybe the leader knew that as well because the leader did want to get away from that fence as much as possible without being too severe in, the, in that shift, but definitely rolled at some, you know, they definitely rolled a lane or two there. But I don't know. I'm just going to hibernate for the next four days and, and just do a bulk amount of replays and keep the heater on and just look forward to betting Saturday on what is hopefully some kind of resembles a dry track. I've had a guts full of wet track. It's just great. Well, we're going to have Canterbury in Sydney, which is... Um... <laughs> one lane highway it has been for a long time um, but sadly in New South Wales the best track um, is, is Newcastle and it just doesn't nearly get used instead we're at uh, you know Randwick which if it's wet it's just bottomless um, and, and Rose Hill um, which just needs a break you know they should be using Newcastle you know in these COVID times time for innovation I think there's no doubt there's no doubt that the that the emperors focus on prize money and owners and breeders, and the neglect of these uh, main tracks, which, which they rely on, is a factor in the dangerousness of the racing up there. Because they've all tried to jam for one or two lanes, and it's caused a huge fall. And it's a situation that will happen again and again. It will happen when there's lanes every in any track yeah. in Australia. Um, but I, I just want to say before everyone cut, jumps down our throat, we're, we're punters trying to be journalists today to talk about Hugh because no one else does. Don't jump down our throats. We're not journalists. We're punters. We're just giving our opinions. If you don't like them, don't listen. 